Hello and a big warm welcome to you and welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. My name is Marion Rose, PhD, and today I'm talking all about the opposite of overwhelm over this festive season. So I am sending you so much love, however you're feeling at this time of year. There's so many big things going on in the world that you might also have big feelings in relation to. And also at this festive season, there can also be a whole lot of additional stresses and enjoyable things, but that in combination can lead to overwhelm, can lead to yeah, just a sense of being overwhelmed. So what I'd love to do today is to offer some suggestions to minimise overwhelm and stress this festive season. But before I start that, I would love to share a couple of things, maybe even three things. I have just opened the doors to my mentoring for 2024. So if you're interested in that, come and have a look on my social media where I've been sharing about that. What's the date today? It's the 19th. So there isn't much time now in terms of this course, but I do have a great The Christmas That You Love course that is a really little mini, mini course just with really some prompts and questions to really support you to create a Christmas that you love. So I know there isn't much time this year, but you might be listening to this in 2024 and it will still be available then. So I want to share about that. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking about things, some of which are aware parenting and some of which are more the Marian method. So it's a little bit of a combination But everything that's related to children and their needs and expressing their feelings is all aware parenting. And of course, aware parenting is really so much based on both parents and children getting their needs met. So that is a part of it, too. But some of the more specifics will be more from me. So as always, I like to be clear, if you ever have any questions about that, please pop me an email or a message on social media. So I am so willing for you to have an enjoyable festive season and to really experience the opposite of overwhelm. And I'd love to offer three main ways we can prepare emotionally so that we are least likely to feel overwhelmed and stressed over this time of year. And those three things are, number one, connecting in with yourself, which I'm going to talk more about The second thing is reducing stress in the first place. And the third thing is releasing stress and overwhelm. So I'd love to go through each of those just to offer you some ideas. And while I'm doing that, I invite you to imagine me there with you if you would find that helpful, just by your side, offering you love and compassion and empathy. You might be listening to this late at night whilst you're wrapping presents or tidying up or preparing for visitors or you might be doing a myriad of things so whatever you're doing right now and whatever you're feeling I am sending you so much love and compassion I'm right here to support you and I'm so willing for you to have an enjoyable experience so let's start off with connecting in with yourself and this also then leads on to of course connecting in more with your child or children other members of your family too but it always starts with connecting in with ourselves it's always the first thing so I want to offer one little helpful thing which is the power of music so music can be such a beautiful way to evoke feelings and 
to use it with consciousness to really support us to be having more of a festive season that we're wanting and willing to have and less of what we are not wanting and not willing to have. So one of the invitations I have is really to connect in with yourself and your values and what you want this festive season to mean for your child or children what do you want it to mean for you like what's important about this time of year and you might want to connect in with things values or experiences you see around you that don't fit with your values and aren't meaningful to you and to really again see when you understand yourself and what's important to you and use that as like a guide or a barometer for the choices that you make it can be really really helpful to have that and maybe even write that down somewhere whether that's on your phone or on a post-it note if anyone still uses those or on your computer or wherever it is that might be something you even talk about in a family meeting just really connecting with what is important to you what are your values for this time What do you want your child or children to remember about this time? What do you want it to mean for them? Like actually connecting in deeply with those values can be a really beautiful guide to keep coming back to. And to be a guide in terms of saying yes and no, I'm going to be talking a lot about that. It's really core to the Marian method, connecting with our yeses and our nos. And that can be particularly important at this time of year when, of course, the cultural influence and impetus is so huge there's so much going on and wherever you live in the world there'll be lots going on in the the country you live in the culture that you live in about what in general happens at this time of year so because that can be so strong and I want to say in our faces That's why it's even more important to then be connected with yourself, what's important to you, so that you can keep on connecting in with that rather than being swayed and carried along in the wave of all this outer stuff that's happening. Another thing can be really helpful is something that I call present time for us, so that can be even short periods of time, even just 10 minutes, putting your timer on for 10 minutes and just connecting in with yourself. And for that um, period of time, not thinking about all the things that you are wanting to do today, but just connecting with your breathing, doing something that you really love or lying in a hammock or snuggling up under your duvet or just doing something that's really nourishing for you having a lovely bath with essential oils having a shower with peppermint or something that really is zingy like whatever is enjoyable for you doing a few stretches a yoga dancing around your kitchen whatever it is that you enjoy peppering those in sprinkling those in throughout this time can really make a huge amount of difference to keep on connecting in with yourself because again in the disconnected domination culture particularly there's often this speeding up that happens at this time and we're really encouraged and almost mm, trained to speed up and go fast and do lots and if you're loving that and enjoying that wonderful but if you're not that opportunity and that invitation and that self-connection to go now I'm actually going to pause even if it's just you do that once a day or 
whatever that you set that up in your routine to have these moments where you're deliberately choosing to connect in with yourself, with your body, with your feelings, to be present with yourself in whatever way is really nourishing for you. That can really work as an antidote, as an opposite of overwhelm practice. And I would really love to offer that that can be similar for our child or children. So doing non-directive child-centered play, again, even just 10 minutes once a day, putting a timer on, can also really support them, especially because things can be so busy. It can be really easy to be doing lots and lots and lots and lots. And really having, even if there's, they know once a day, they're going to get to connect in with you for 10 minutes where they choose whatever they do and you're really present with them and you follow their lead that can make all the difference they connect with you they connect more in with themselves and that can actually again slow things down be the opposite of overwhelm you may even find that at the end of that they have a big cry where they're releasing the overwhelm so we're going to talk more about that but just again seeing if you can really prioritize present time for yourself and ideally doing a bit of present time for yourself before non-directive child center play with your child that can really support you to have your cup full enough and to be connected enough with yourself to be able to then offer that connection with them and again that can be really simple focusing on connection even just throughout the day when you're doing everyday things, even if you're really busy and you're doing lots and lots of things, just if you have a baby, just holding them in your arms and just gazing into their eyes and just following their interactions with your child, getting down to their level, just being adoring, following their lead, being really engaged. And if you have a tween or a teen, just going and being with them, just being interested, engaged in what they're doing, just any opening or opportunity that where they want to connect being available whenever they're ready to connect can be really again so helpful at this time of year so my question is are you willing to give yourself regular present time and if so do you want to have a sense for yourself like how often would you like to do that how much would you like to do each time what would be a fit for you what's possible for you And are you willing to give your baby or child or tween or teen non-directive child centre play over this festive season? If you have more than one child, that can be a juggle. So again, how much would you like to do that? And when would you like to do that? Having that sense in your mind of what you would like. So that was number one about connecting. The second thing is about reducing stress and overwhelm. So the opposite of overwhelm practices. So the key to this is our nose. It really, really is. The no is so important. And if you know the Marian Method work, you know that really reclaiming our nose and knowing that we are safe to say no is a really important part of that work. And I'm so passionate about it. And again, particularly at this time of year, where so often we get trained as children to be nice, to say yes when it's a no, to disconnect from our own needs, from our own intuitive wisdom, 
from our own barometer about what is a yes and a no from, for us. And that can really show up at this time when there might be friends asking you to do things, friends of your child or children, family members, all kinds of events that you're possibly being invited to or things that people want you to do. And it can be really, really, really life-changing to say no, to really reclaim saying no and saying no in a way that's really mm, easy for the other person to hear. So one of the ways that I like to do is if I say no is to say to the other person and I'm really here to listen to any feelings that you might have in response to that. That can be a really helpful thing. And if we are willing to listen to those to, of course, be unwilling to hit ourselves with guilt sticks. Again, this is another core element of the Marian method. And these two often go really hand in hand because often we were told to be nice and good. You just always have to say yes. And if you say no, that means you're not a very enjoyable person. And of course, then we're going to pick up the guilt sticks because that's what we learned to do. So often there's this gradual process getting increasingly comfortable to say no, knowing that we're safe and being unwilling to hit us with the, ourselves with the guilt sticks and being willing to listen to the other person's feelings. And I'd love to give you an example of this myself because I was someone who in my younger years pretty much very rarely said no. And I remember it used to show up so often with friends. They would ask me to come and do things and as a highly sensitive person, I would often not really want to go and do that thing. But I felt so uncomfortable to say no. So I would often shoot myself into saying yes. And I would say yes, but I would feel fed up and pissed off. And if I did ever say no, I would feel so guilty. I would feel so much guilt because I had that stick, that guilt stick, and I was hitting myself with it a lot <laughs> and in my process of learning to really welcome my nose and value them and express them and know I'm safe part of the journey was starting to say no more but still hitting myself with the guilt sticks and what that meant was if the other person was upset I did have some feelings in response to my no because I was so busy with those guilt sticks it was too painful for me to hear their feelings so what I discovered is when I became increasingly unwilling to hit myself with the guilt stick, which I don't ever now, is that meant I was really free and comfortable then to listen to their feelings because I wasn't guilting myself, wasn't shaming myself. I was available to listen to how that was for them. So that can be a really helpful part of the process is realizing, ah, we can say no, feel comfortable with saying no and listen if someone's disappointed or sad or frustrated we can be there and listen to their feelings about that because we're not hitting ourselves with sticks so that can be really life-changing I've certainly found that for myself I feel really comfortable saying no and I say no to a lot of stuff and particularly at this time of year but all times of year actually <laughs> So the key is the no. And particularly if you think about overwhelm, stress, it usually means it's too much, isn't it? It's too much. Got too much stimulation. There's too much information. It's too much, too fast, 
too much. So, of course, the main thing to prevent overwhelm in the first place is saying no more and really, really listening in to our nose. And that might be just listening in right now, like what things and what events do you find stressful or overwhelming over Christmas? How can you tell when you're stressed or overwhelmed? What kind of feelings do you feel? What kind of things do you tell yourself? How do you act? And how can you reduce those things or get rid of them altogether? Are there ways that you can say no to those things? Can you go to the thing but stay for a shorter amount of time? Can you set up elements so that it's less overwhelming for you? How can you say no more? Saying no is so vital. So are you wanting and willing to minimize the amount of things that you do, the amount of things that you buy, the amount of things that you wrap if you wrap presents? How can you say no more so that you have less overwhelm and less stress? Are there things that you would actually feel comfortable to say no to? And again, you can say in a really compassionate way. And it might be, wow, I'm so appreciate that you've invited me to that. And I feel so grateful that you've asked me and touched and I love and care about you. And when I think about going to it, I know there's going to be lots of people there and I'm imagining I'm going to feel quite overwhelmed. And I'm already feeling a bit overwhelmed, so I'm not going to come or I'm just going to come and stay for half an hour or I'm going to come right when it's really early and stay for a couple of hours when it's quiet before lots of people get there because I really want to prevent myself from feeling overwhelmed like I did last year. And I'm so here to listen to how you feel when you hear that. How is that for you? So something like that, you know, again, just playing with expressing our needs, saying no, and being willing to listen to the other person's feelings and response. We might not be willing to listen, and it depends who it is, of course. But if it's a friend or a family member, we might be really wanting to hear how that is for them. And we can also aim to reduce overwhelm and stress for our baby or our child or our tween or our teen and really remembering and thinking about what kinds of things might be stressful and overwhelming for them. Might be lots of things, lots of presents, lots of people, lots of new things, lots of new experiences, big shopping trips, uh, gatherings of lots of people, parents being stressed, family conflict, us doing things that we don't want to do, us being really busy, us asking them to be really busy. So you might even want to connect in now. What do you think your baby or child or teen or tween finds overwhelming or stressful around this time of year? There might be some things that really jump out at you that you go, oh yes, that's, they do often feel overwhelmed. And then my invitation would be to how can you prevent that or reduce that stress for them what could you do how could you support them and so again that might be some non-directed child center play because again connection can really help with them feeling stressed they can come and they can talk or they can share that connection can help them feel calmer in their bodies so that can 
really make a difference. But what other things might you do? And that might be, for example, perhaps you're having a lot of people over in your home and you know that one of your children tends to get overwhelmed when there's lots of noise or lots of people or perhaps lots of younger children or whatever it is. What can you set up for them? So that might be, you know, I used to have a little really cute little tent for my kids oh it was so lovely could could you make something like that with some bamboo sticks and a sheet around it and put some pillows in there and depending on their age if they like reading or just a few things in there that might be their special space you could really make it clear that that's theirs or maybe there's just a few of them that that could be their space to go into or they might come and signal to you that they just want that or maybe they have their own room and you could really make it clear that that's for for them to go in there and not for anyone else to go in and really just giving them that information that you really support them and of course this will depend on their age if they're older just to go and be in their room if they need to if they're feeling overwhelmed or are there some fun games that you can play? Can you move into some attachment play where you do some paraversal games? Paraversal games can be really helpful because if they are feeling a bit powerless in terms of all these things that are happening, paraversal games where for that period of time you pretend to be smaller and less competent, less capable, and maybe they're chasing you around and you keep on getting caught and being really over the top about it or perhaps they keep pushing you over onto the couch and you do a big exaggerated like how did you do that or if you are living in the part of the world where it's hot and maybe you're getting to be at a swimming pool and you feel comfortable could they keep pushing you in the pool over and over again something like that you know finding ways to support them to release that powerlessness which is an element of overwhelm so we'll be talking more about releasing stress that that one connects as both a release but also a reducing of that overwhelm and stress in the first place so again i invite you to really connect in with your child or your children and knowing what kinds of things do they tend to find overwhelming or stressful and what might you set up beforehand it can be really helpful to set things up beforehand and to make that clear and particularly perhaps if you're going to friends houses or families houses having things set up beforehand to say you know okay if you're feeling overwhelmed this is what we can do might even be we're going to this event and when you start feeling overwhelmed would you be willing to give me a signal beforehand you agree on this signal that they can give you so they don't need to say it they might feel uncomfortable to say it and then that you can then say oh yes we're going to go home now without the child needing to be the one that says that so there are lots of ways we can support our children from feeling overwhelmed if they're a baby carrying them, having them in a carrier, carrying them face inwards so that if they're overwhelmed they can just limit the visual stimulation and also the auditory stimulation. They can just snuggle in and have their ears also protected. If you're going to loud things you might have headphones for a toddler or a child who finds noise overwhelming. And another thing that can be really helpful to hold in mind is shops shops can be really overwhelming and particularly at this time of year when they can get really busy 
So again, I invite you to really listen into yourself. This comes back to connecting in with yourself. Is going to the shops, does it meet your, your values, the shops that you're going to? Again, making choices, using your no is really powerful. As much as possible, if you can go shopping without your child there, particularly the younger they are, the more likely they're going to be affected by the overwhelm. You could also listen into which shops do you feel most agitated at? Can you choose to go different places? Can you go earlier in the morning when it's less likely to be busy? When do you have the most energy to go and do the shopping? Can you buy online? Would you prefer to do something entirely different? Like if you're buying presents, could you make something rather than buy it? Like really checking in, is this coming from a should? Am I shoulding myself? Is this coming from... that coercion or is it actually a yes my invitation would be to keep coming back to can you do less or buy less and that can be also other things like just making sure that you've had some food and drink before you go same with your child or children just really reducing the likelihood that that everyone's going to get overwhelmed because it's when we're overwhelmed that the unenjoyable things happen isn't it i was actually reflecting on this the other day when my daughter was two, I remember driving to Ikea and at that, at that point it was two hours both ways and I wanted to get something for the house and the town I live in is a small town and back then you couldn't really get anything here and couldn't really buy stuff online. So I remember this trip and I remember just feeling so overwhelmed. We were both so overwhelmed, both highly sensitive. Two-hour drive, buying things for the house in Ikea. And then I remember I got about 20 minutes away from my home and I remember just stopping the car, just feeling so completely overwhelmed. She was completely overwhelmed. I was completely overwhelmed. I, I think I might have even just kind of gone, ah! I just was so, so stressed. And I just have so much compassion for that younger me. And really, like, to buy an item of furniture, I would just do almost anything to avoid ever doing that as a parent of a young child. I just would not do... It's just, no, I wouldn't put myself in that situation. Now I'm me now. (laughs) I wouldn't put my two-year-old in that position now I'm me now, knowing what I know and being able to say no and I just have so much compassion for that younger me so if you've experienced things like that I am sending you so much love and so much compassion it really is a journey just getting clearer and clearer and being more and more unwilling to put ourselves in really stressful situations that we really really don't need to be in and then for our children I mean I know it's probably a bit late in terms of present buying but if you do celebrate Christmas like Fewer big presents might be less overwhelming than lots of little ones. Could you stagger the present opening over several days? My children used to get a lot of presents because they had four sets of grandparents, none of whom lived close. So they received a lot of presents and a lot of them from England and we're in Australia. And so after the first year for my daughter, when it was completely overwhelming, I realised, okay, I need to do something differently here. So what what we used to do for her is that as the presents came in throughout the month of December, 
that she would open you know, them when they arrived rather than just waiting for this one day and open a bazillion and be completely overwhelmed. We just staggered it and it was so much more enjoyable. So we did that for several years just to like, oh, just to have that enjoyment of actually getting to be present with that thing, getting to be present with that, that person and... It was so much more enjoyable. Uh, another thing can be really helpful. And again, probably a bit late for this year, but if you might want to come back and listen to this again next year, avoiding things that have a lot of packaging, so or that have like plastic packaging that you need to cut open that's really hard to cut open, or that they're complex to put together and they need a lot of calm presence to, to be able to put it together or get the batteries in or whatever it is. That might be a really helpful thing, again, to avoid opening it when everyone's really busy unless perhaps on Christmas day or whenever you do presents maybe you many countries open presents on Christmas Eve perhaps you get really present then perhaps you really love doing that and that's the thing that you're really happy with convoluted processes that's not me if that's you fantastic can you make the gift giving itself an opening less overwhelming and with more presence could there be words that you say to each person could there be songs that you sing singing can be a really helpful way to support everyone to reduce the overwhelm as well could you create new rituals this is a really wonderful time of year to really question the rituals that have been passed down to you question the cultural happenings and rituals and really to connect in with what do you want to do for your family and really making those choices. So I really, really invite you to do this for all of you because preventing overwhelm in the first place is generally easier than responding to the effects of it. So whatever you can do to reduce the level of overwhelm for you, for your partner if you have one, for your child or children is going to make things a lot easier. So what about recognising overwhelm and stress? So, of course, this is a core part of aware parenting, and I think it's one of the places where it really has so much to offer to the world is really understanding when a child is going into that fight-flight-freeze response. So we talk about in aware parenting either that hyperarousal or dissociation. So hyperarousal being that fight-flight. So there might either be starting to get pinchy or bitey or hitty that's that fight energy trying to come out or they might get into flights they might be running away and just like yeah, lots of running <laughs> running away from you they might be at the park and running away from you or more the dissociation the freeze so they might be clearly quite numb they might be sucking their thumb they might be reading books all the time or on the screens all the time or just staring out of the window. Often we can overlook dissociation more than hyperarousal because we can get on and do things while they're dissociated, whereas the child in hyperarousal is going to be making noise and moving around a lot, and that's often going to be more challenging for us. But it can be really important to really keep an eye out for the child that's dissociating because they're overwhelmed and to really notice that. 
So symptoms of that accumulation of stress in their bodies. So again, the more that accumulates and accumulates and the less they're getting to express those feelings and move out of that fight, flight, freeze response back into that beautiful state of calm and relaxation that their bodies have innate wisdom to do. They know how to do this. They're trying to do it all the time. But how might we recognize that they are having this accumulation of feelings or that they are feeling overwhelmed? So for babies, they might be agitated. They might be taking longer to go to sleep or waking up more frequently or wake up earlier than usual or avoiding eye contact. Or they might clearly have tension in their muscles. They might be sucking their thumb or on a dummy. They might be wanting to feed more and more and more often. They might be waking up from sleep more and more often as the night goes on. They might be coming on and off the breast more often or wanting more bottles. They might be avoiding connection. All those are symptoms of accumulated stress, accumulated feelings. And again, I want to remind you, you can support them to do what they know how to do to release that stress. So if you have a baby, what are the signs of overwhelm or accumulation that you notice? And so for children, it can be things like being demanding. And I don't know if I really like that description, but you know what I mean. Just wanting lots of things and an agitated tone of voice. They might be just really, really clinging all the time. They might be hitting or biting. They might be waking up in the night. They might be becoming more and more particular about things. They want things this way. They want their breakfast this way and only this way and not in a like oh I really prefer it like this I really love it this way there's a tightness to the particularity that they have they might be not wanting to cooperate they might be having really big reactions to small things they might be running around everywhere they might just not seem happy they might be whining they might be sucking their thumb or a dummy they might be all these other things I was saying before wanting to be on a screen all the time wanting lots of sweet things, not being able to concentrate, and also avoiding connection. So if you have a child or children, are you noticing any of those? So these can be like, I call them flags for feelings. These can be things that you can notice and go, ah, oh, okay, so they've got stress in their bodies, so we can then look in the here and now. Can I reduce overwhelm in the here and now? Are they indicating that they're feeling that way right now? And can I also support them to release that stress from their bodies, which we're going to talk about soon. And then what about teens and adults? So signs of overwhelm, signs of stress, things like also avoiding connection. Also having big reactions to small things, avoiding presence, being harsh, having a harsh tone of voice, muscle tension, also not sleeping, doing a lot of social media, scrolling, watching movies late into the night, watching one episode after the next until it's suddenly three o'clock. All the usual things, chocolate, sugar, alcohol, busyness, lots and lots of things. <laughs> so what are the particular signs of overwhelm and accumulation in your teen, if you have one, but also what about yourself and also your partner, if you have one, and any of the other adults around you, do you notice, ah, oh, these are signs that they're feeling 
they, they've got some stress in their bodies. They've got some accumulated feelings sitting in their bodies. So just so much compassion again. <laughs> and then there's the third part, which is releasing the overwhelm. So of course, as we talk about so much in aware parenting, we have these beautiful innate processes this incredible intrinsic wisdom to release overwhelm to release stress and trauma from our bodies through these usual ways laughing crying playing raging and also talking so it's really really common i really want to remind you it's so common that children's feelings will come up a lot at this time and I also want to remind you if you can ramp up your own listening. So if you have a listening partner, as I've been talking about recently, I really recommend like three to five. But even if you just have one and even if you're leaving messages in a voice note app, just leaving messages. Oh, I'm really overwhelmed. I'm tired. Oh, gosh, I've got all of these things still to do. And it's 11 o'clock and I'm so exhausted. Oh, actually, I could say no. You know, just leaving messages and getting that support so important for us to get to release our feelings so whatever way you can do that talking that might be watching a sad christmas movie and having a big cry you might be seeing all kinds of painful things going on in the world that you feel a deep calling to just cry and wail and mourn you might be feeling outraged and you might want to be expressing that in healthy ways it's really getting to express that that beautiful outrage but also for our children. So really remembering it's really common for them to have more feelings, not only because there's more things going on often, but also because there's often more connection because if they usually are at school or daycare or preschool, there's often more connection. We, If we're working, we may be not working. I mean, every family is different, so of course this doesn't apply to all families, but often there is more connection time, and more connection time means their incredibly wise bodies are noticing that and going, hey, hey, more connection here, more opportunity to express feelings and have them lovingly heard. Okay, I'm just going to bring up this thing that happened three weeks ago, and I haven't had a chance to express yet, and I really want to express this, and this happened, and obviously not, they're not thinking those things, but that's the, the wisdom of their body of really noticing, aha, there's available presence and connection. I'm going to really utilize this opportunity, have some big cries, or talk about all the things that have happened, or do some big raging tantrums to let a big chunk of it out. So again, noticing that if they are overwhelmed, if they've had a particularly busy day, it would be really, really common for the broken cookie moment. So suddenly there's a small thing that happens at the end of the day and they have a massive big cry or tantrum. I really invite you to remember this is their innate wisdom. They are trying to release that so they can return to homeostasis. They are using their natural wisdom. They are so wise. We can really trust them. And the more we can listen to the crying and the tantrums, the more they will return to their natural state, calm, relaxed, present, ready to connect, more likely to want to be and willing to cooperate and contribute. So helpful. 
And I want to remind you that it's really common too that feelings will often get to that tipping point at places like shops or family gatherings, things like that. So listening to the feelings often when you're at home, for example, rather than at a big family gathering or at the shops right at the front of the queue, (laughs) that can mean it's less likely that they get to that point of the explosion in a place where you would probably really prefer that not to happen. And the other thing you can do in terms of releasing overwhelm is actually like an exchange of energy. So having a clear out, and not in a way that means, oh, more stuff to do, but this might be if you do celebrate Christmas and if you have present giving is after that time, would you like to have a clear out? Do you want to get rid of old things that you no longer want, no longer use? Do you want to support your child or children to release things, you know, to really balance out the new that's coming in to get rid of the old? Really knowing, remembering, having lots of stuff can be overwhelming for the senses. So that can be another way of actually releasing, actually releasing things. So that's the three things I really invite you to keep in mind over this festive season. However you celebrate it, you might celebrate solstice, whatever you celebrate is keeping connected with yourself and particularly your values and regular present time keeping connected with your child and then the reducing the overwhelm with these opposite of overwhelm practices wherever possible and then releasing overwhelm wherever possible and supporting your baby child or teen to do the same and remembering they innately know how to do this and they're going to be aiming to do it a lot. So I am sending you so much love. I'm really willing for you to have a fantastic time. And if you have been having a challenging time or a hard time, I'm sending you lots of love and compassion. Really willing for you to have beautiful, loving listening so that your feelings get to be heard. And I'm just sending lots of tenderness to you. And... I want to share a bit of my news. I finished another massive edit of my next book. I'm here and I'm listening, which was all typeset. Amazes me how much editing books require. (laughs) After it's been edited many, 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 many times. Anyway, I think it was 927 edits this time. So the next step will be getting the sample copy and many, many more edits over festive season that's one of the things I'm going to be enjoying doing so it will be out in the new year so keep an eye out for that and as I shared at the beginning I do have a create a Christmas that you love little mini course if you're interested or if you're interested and it's 2024 and you've got more time I I love that it's just again a supportive way to connect in with yourself and yes, I've just opened doors for mentoring for 2024. So come and have a look at my social media or come and join my email list. If you're already on the main email list, you would have received an email already about that. And the Aware Parenting Virtual Village will be coming out soon as well. I also do Marion Method things related to willingness always at this time of year. So at the end of the year, so after Christmas, but before New Year and also in the new year, I've generally have willingness offerings so if you're interested in the willingness work rather than 
New Year's resolutions, it's a way of really deeply connecting in with yourself. So if you're interested in that, keep an eye out for that as well. And if you don't listen to any more of these episodes before, whenever you celebrate this festive season, I am sending you love and celebrations and a willingness for connection and love and meaning and purpose and renewal for you at this time of year. Thank you so much for listening and for being here and so much love to you.